Carsten Vorholm. <laughs> Where to begin? The chest thump accompanied bellows down the barrels of the start line cameras. The way he goes out hard, so hard that every time you think he's misjudged this one, he cannot keep this up. No human can run that hard for that long. Maybe that. Or the times at which he stops the clock. The quickest in Norwegian and European history and the second fastest in the sport ever. Perhaps the fact that this maniac, who I once described in an article as leaving the blocks like a masochistic bat out of hell, is once victorious, as he so often is, charm personified, draped in flags, dripping with sound bites and topped with Viking horns. There are, it seems, a lot of places you could begin. Funnily enough, the editors toned down my description of Carsten's tactics. I don't think you normally read the word masochistic in the sports pages. But there was no stopping us getting the two-time world champion on the Backstraight Boys and Girl podcast. For this, our latest interview special. Oh, it makes sense. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Clever. Clever. <laughs> I like it. Right, okay. Anyway, my name's Ben Williams, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Carsten, welcome along to the podcast. How are you? Oh, good, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks very much. I'm hoping you're feeling nice and mentally refreshed after an evening of Lego. (laughs) Always, always refreshed. Sunday morning. It's my favourite morning. You say Sunday morning. I think it's the middle of the day where you are. You've clearly had a nice lion. I just ate breakfast, so for me it's morning. (laughs) Speaking of the Lego thing, I have seen it in lots of articles that you've done and all over your Instagram. I'm just curious, is it quite an expensive habit? You seem to have got a lot of sets at your end. 100%, but um, I feel like it's totally worth it. So I just I just want it to be like a thing that I'm going to do hopefully through my whole career. And when I'm finished, I'm going to look back at it and see how many things I built and see how, <laughs> bored, I, how bored I was between all the sessions. You'll be living in, it'll be like a museum or something. Every surface yeah. of your house will just be covered in, what is it, cars, landmarks, all sorts. Yeah, all those type of things. Now I'm, big, the, now I'm building the Hogwarts for Harry Potter. So uh, oh, just, started, just started that right now. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of things. I just build all the things that I, that, that I find cool. And how long do you think until Lego commissions a cast and Warholm action figure? That's got to happen, oh, right? I think so, yeah. I hope mm. so. Little Viking horns, maybe, and a cape. Yeah, at least Viking horns, and mm. um, and probably um, needs to have a six pack. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, and just some tights or whatever, and uh, and yeah. some spikes. And little red hand marks on his shoulders from where he slapped yeah. himself. Yeah, that's a nice detail. We should go that's, for that. <laughs> the devil is in the detail. That's what's going to make yep. these sets fly off the shelves. And maybe it could come with a little a little set of hurdles as well, so you could build a it track. It should. It should. We, should. we should We should. build uh, Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park or whatever, and, and just me running down there. Yeah, that'd be great. That and would be nice, could, yeah. Very cute. We could get it sopping wet like it was for the final as well, so it's the worst conditions imaginable, and then little Carsten could still win. That would be awesome. So Lego's been one of your hobbies. I know over lockdown, people have taken up all sorts of weird hobbies from baking to crochet to painting and all the way back again when lockdown was announced and the olympics were pushed back you were one of the first athletes i thought of actually because you were in such brilliant form and you had so much momentum behind you that i wondered if above kind of anyone else the olympics being postponed 
was a bad thing for you. I wonder how you feel about it now, looking back a year on. Are you a better athlete than you were? I think I am, uh, because 2020, I got to run a couple of races and I felt like they were, I lowered my PB and also I felt like I was running very, um, very good and, and uh, consistent, actually, consistent at very good times. Uh, so so really happy about that so I, f- I feel like I've become better and at the same time I think it's I think it's better to for me because yes I had momentum and I wanted the, the Olympics to to go as planned in 2020 but at the same time I didn't have have anything that I wanted to revenge or so you know mm. I've won the two last world championships and and somehow I felt good about that you know and of course you always want more but um but i just feel like the time gave me even an even better chance to to become better for for the olympics so so i, th- I think i have all the peace that i need because i don't feel any rush you know I, i've had my breakthrough and and for me now it's just to become better and to, mm. to try and perform even better you're also still very young and still ridiculously new actually to the event of the 400 meter hurdles so perhaps has this also been a chance to step back and to figure out where there are improvements to be made yeah i think so and um and also with with the with the injury that i had last year in in front of the season i started doing some rehab work of course and um and i actually do some of the things still because i found out they were they were so good for me and uh, and and they work really well so so all those things, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm learning all the time and uh, I use all the chances that I have to become even better. And, and my coach also is really good at those things. And he, and he is very, and he's a very smart coach with, with a lot of experience. So he's very good at seeing what works and he's very good to put in new things and then to make the training interesting. Okay, so let's talk about coach life because you two <laughs> are one of the most fascinating duos in the sport, I think. Your chemistry is so obvious. You've got the same sense of humour. You both love fancy dress. You do these amazing photo shoots. I know you went on a diet together a couple of years ago. Did it click immediately when you met him? 100%. Um, I, was, I was going to move from, you know, I, I'm from a very, very small place in the western part of Norway. And I was going to move to Oslo to to study economics, and uh, and I also wanted to continue pursuing uh, my running, and uh, I wanted a good good coach. So um, I contacted one one person that I that I knew from before that was working in the federation, and he said, "There's only one guy that 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 can coach you, and uh, and that is life." And uh, and life came to my hometown, and we sat down, and uh, we had a good talk, and and we talked through the night and and it yeah it was it really clicked and it was it was it was a perfect match and um i'm really happy that that i was able to to meet him and and, and work with him do you think that you could have achieved anything like as much success as you have done without that relationship never mind his expertise but i mean the way that you two seem to be friends as well as coach and athlete i think for for me in life communication is 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 the main is the main thing you know i feel like we we talk to each other at the same frequency and um and for me i think the human part of it is is even more important than the performance part because i think it's all these stages and everything needs to be in place for you to perform and uh and it started with with me and life having a friendship and uh, and every time i go out there i run for for both of us because you know we, we put in a lot of work and and it's our passion. So 
this this friendship is 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 um, is very important for the performance. But uh, I'm not sure if that answers your question. But no, I think it definitely does. It's really interesting <laughs> to hear that if you had someone who knew as much about athletics as life does. And I've heard you say that he hardly sleeps. He's always thinking of new ideas. Mm -hmm. He's always coming up with strategies. You could be with someone with all of that knowledge, but actually because they weren't life, because you two weren't thick as thieves, maybe you wouldn't get the results. I don't, I don't think we would. Uh, and I don't think I would have the same motivation to, to spend as much time in, in practice as I do right now. So... Mm. Um, I think I think for me that that is very important and um, and also you know the learning process you know because I, I want to learn a lot of things and I want to I want to own it as well you know mm. not not just hear him talk and just do what he tells me to I want to I want to understand as well it's not just him teaching you though am I right in saying that you bought him a smartphone how's that gone down <laughs> it was after the Olympics in Rio where, where everybody got their own Samsung phones but um I already, I already had a smartphone, so life was. He had this old phone where you know you need to push the numbers many <laughs> times, you know, to get the letters, yeah. you know, the the old phone. And I gave him the smartphone, but it took him two years or something for him to, for him to, you know, start to use it and and, mm -hmm. and feel and feel safe with it. But but now he he uses a smartphone, and uh, later on I've extended and you know. We got him an electric car, so now he is like super modern on that thing, and uh, he has an iPad now and, and all those things, and he also has AirPods. So, no. so he's he's, he's start, yeah he's starting to figure it out, and um, yeah he's he's actually really smart with those things. But you know, for for people that that are used to doing it the old-fashioned way, it's 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 a bumpy road to to getting to know all these technology mm. technological things. But uh, I'm glad that me and my training partners can can help him become a more modern person and to eat more vegetables too is that right word but after <laughs> we got sponsored by red bull he's drinking a hell of a lot of red bull so Ooh. i'm starting to get worried worried of him because uh, you know he um he never sleeps and uh, you know caffeine <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't help <laughs> No, I think the last thing you need is a hyperactive, full of caffeine life with a smartphone messaging you with trading ideas at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Carsten, are you awake? I've had an idea. <laughs> that's how it works. Yes. But um, you know, I I love him when 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 he's on his toes and 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 working. But um, as an old man, you know, you need to get your sleep and to and to take care of your body as well. <laughs> I don't know how he'd feel about you calling him an old man. <laughs> he says that that he's he's an old he's an old man captured in a young mind or something. I'm not sure how to translate it, but uh, like a young mind in an old body. That is correct. That is correct. Mm. That, that's how he feels. That's how he feels. And and I'm and I'm the opposite. I really I'm an old we've... mind in a young body. Perfect. Between the two of you, you've got everything covered. Yep. Amazing. Yep. Minus so, minus is plus, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's a good thing that you're the one doing the running and he's the <laughs> one doing the thinking. Absolutely. That would be Fingers great, wouldn't it, if we had a coach and athlete relay event at championships. Yeah, but but life, he 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 got the moves. He's really quick, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think if everybody, uh he's I don't know how, how young all the other coaches are, but uh, but I think life he, he has a really killer instinct in, in him. So mm. he would he would go beyond himself to win. I think maybe then he'd be a bit like a Lewandowski or someone. He'd be really mm. good tactically. Life yeah, would just 100%. time it perfectly. You could go yeah. out 
like a lunatic like you always do when the gun goes off but life could bring you home yep I think so actually nice now tell me was it life that suggested the 400 meter hurdles because in 2015 you were a very successful junior multi-eventer and then it seems that it was around that time that you both changed coaches and you decided to switch to your favorite event now can you tell me the order in which that all happened so when i was doing uh, athletics back in back in my hometown i was i was really good at most things but mostly it was running jumping events and Mm -hmm. um, and everything explosive up to 400 meters and um when I was going to the U under 18 World Championships, mm-hmm. which was in Ukraine at the time in 2013, I figured I would try for the um, Octathlon, which is you know the multi events for juniors. It was yes. eight events. I think it's I think it was the last time that they did eight events. It's it's ten events right now. Mm. So lucky for me, I was the last one to <laughs> to do it. So I will forever be champion in the octathlon, actually. But um, yeah, so so I so I tried octathlon and um, and I qualified, and I also qualified with with a really good uh, set of uh, points, and and we went down to to Ukraine and and I won the world under eighteen to uh, under eighteen championships. So um, you know, it just just give me a taste of of what I could do, and 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 I thought that you know decathlon is is going to be my thing when we went on from octathlon to decathlon i needed to learn pole vault and discus you know i had never tried any of the events and uh and i had a rough start i think i was number 10 in the under 20 championships the late the year after in in eugene and um and afterwards i become second in the european champs in 2015 and it was like it was heavy because it was a lot of events that i didn't uh, that i wasn't good at to be honest you know mm. all the throwing events and with the pole vault and everything so had too many weak weak events to you know get the best spots but uh going into rio for the olympics i wanted to 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 go there and uh, and we just figured that maybe i should try the four meter hurdles because i was good at the 110 meter hurdles and i ran pretty well for the 400 meters so we started to train a bit for that and um mm-hmm. and i qualified and and after that you know i figured this can actually be really good and uh I went on to to win the world championships just one and a half year or, or so after we started training for the 400 meter hurdles. So we figured it was it was a good event for me. Yeah, I think that's probably quite a good <laughs> indicator that you found your yeah. event. I want to talk about London next, but just before we do, I told all of our listeners that you were coming on the podcast and asked if they had any questions for you, and so many of them. I think I'm hoping that you will go back to the decathlon one day. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I don't think so. Or I, I could try. That would be really fun to try. But I don't think we should hope for mm-hmm. a good score because it's, it's, <laughs> it's been it's been a long time. And um, and actually, the level at the decathlon now is is, is pretty sick as well. So uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's I think it's better for me just to you know say that I was champion back in the days and uh mm-hmm. and, uh, never try again <laughs> are you tempted to specialize a bit more in anything else do you think you would ever do a season where you just ran the 400 flat or do you think we'd see a season from you where maybe you'd have a good go at the 110 meter hurdles 110 meter hurdles i'm i'm not too sure about because you know it's 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 a very different event the, the hurdles mm. are really higher you know they are 107 or something and that's crazy and um, mm. i'm not that flexible 
And um, <laughs> and 400 meters is, is very interesting. I would really much like to see what my potential could be if I tried everything that I got to 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 become a better 400 meter flat runner. And also, you know, 800 meters and those those things has also crossed my mind. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious about other events and. Um, I think that maybe I should I should try them once, but but for now, you know, I have a lot of goals for the 400 meter hurdles, and I need to put everything into that. But one day, when when I'm hopefully happy about what I've achieved at the 400 meter hurdles, I can I can go ahead and try some other things and have some fun. That would be fascinating. I dare say you'd get pretty good at some of them pretty quickly. I hope so. That would be great. <laughs> so 2017, we've touched on it already. It's a wet night in Stratford at the Olympic Park. And lots of people are talking about Karen Clements, who's probably the favorite coming in. He's a bit of a veteran, but he's figured out 13 strides and the commentators are all talking about him, but they're also mentioning this young buck, this young Norwegian who's having the season of his life. Everyone keep an eye out, this Carsten Borholm might do something special. And you're on the start line and you're screaming and shouting and you're thumping your chest and you just, go it's I watched it back right before this call because it's one of my favorite races in recent I love years it too. I love and it. it's just insane I described it once in a piece that I wrote for Sky's website you went out of the blocks like a bat out of hell and you do and you just go 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 and you hold on and you come over the line and then what's so weird is you were so confident on the start line but then you don't believe that you've won and you do the scream face, you, you know, you put your fingers <laughs> in your mouth and you, you go, what, me? Which of those two is most accurate for how you felt? Were you really confident coming into it or were you stunned that you won it? First of all, you're, you're a really good storyteller, you know? I'm like, I just, I just feel like I relived the moment <laughs> when you talked about it. So good on you. Um, <laughs> it was a really special night for me because... I didn't, I didn't go into a race, you know, expecting to win, but I always go into a race wanting to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, was, this was no exception. I feel like, you know, when you made it to the final and, and you don't have any medals and you don't have anything, you, you, you also don't have, you don't have anything to lose. And, uh, and I also knew that, you know, I could be on, on level with, with the best guys such as Karen Clement and uh, Copello and, and the other guys. So I just, I just went for it. And, uh, you know, I always start very hard, but in London, I probably went out harder than I ever did. And uh, I just, I just wanted to stress the guys and see, you know, how they responded to, mm-hmm. to this, this, this new Norwegian guy just going out and, and trying to win. And, uh, and I feel like, you know, that was the tactic me and me and I talked about, you know, just, just hammer it from, from, from the gun and, uh, and just see how, how long I could run. And, uh, you know, when, when, you, when you're getting closer to the finish line and you notice that you are actually ahead, um, that gives you motivation as well. And, and that is mm. what I think won me the race because I was really tired. And I also think that some of the guys was actually even better than me as well. You went out so hard. Was there any point <laughs> on that lap where you thought, oh, crap, I've gone out too fast. I've overdone this. The excitement's got to me. Is it, is it scary running like that? Yeah, especially between hurdle nine and ten, because you know it, it's the last hurdle. But I think it's also very normal that you start to think, you know, the guys are coming now, the guys are coming now, and uh, and uh, I just waited for them, but but they never came along. And but they also you can see it, you know, um, 
Karen Clement, he, he misses the, the last hurdle and uh, mm. all those things. But I don't know what was going on behind me, but I can notice that I have two people on the side of me crossing the finish line. So I just looked up at, at the huge board and, uh, and I could see that I, was, that, I, that I won the race. So and that is where the scream came in. And uh, it's become actually quite legendary, that, that celebration. Yeah. But that is, that is probably because, you know, it was so emotional and, and it, I just it wasn't something that I planned you know it looked stupid to be honest so it just came out of nowhere but I was I was truly shocked and you know it's a dream winning the world championship of course it was a really electric moment I was in the stadium for it and I remember you disappeared for a bit you lay on the track for a while I think and yeah. then you disappeared out of sight and then all of a sudden you were on a bit of a lap of honor and you had these viking yeah. horns on who handed you those? Because if the scream is famous, I think the photo of you with the Viking thing on is perhaps even more famous. Maybe, maybe. Um, so um, there is there is some Norwegian fans that travel around to all world championships, mm -hmm. track and, and, and all the other sports as well, you know, skiing and all those things. And um, they, they they have these Viking helmets on and um, and all those things. So, so they just screamed my name when when i went by so I, I went over to them and one of the guys he, he handed me um the viking helmet so it's really cool it's really cool it's great Do you I, get a I lot love of... that photo as well it's fantastic do you get stopped for selfies a lot and do people ask you to do the screen in photos uh it's been it's been a lot of selfies after uh, after world, the world championships of course but um but not so much the scream anymore. In this, in the beginning, it was very much the scream. But uh, but also decided that you know I'm not gonna do the scream as much because it wasn't something that I planned. I, I don't want it to be my signature. You know, I just it was just something I did in London because I was so happy and uh, mm. I couldn't control myself. But uh, and and it was a very special win because I won a lot of races afterwards. But nothing can compare to. The special feeling of, of winning the first time when mm -hmm. you didn't believe it yourself and nobody else actually thought that you could do it you know it was one of those races when when the guy that nobody actually wanted to put their money on won and uh, mm. and i think that's i think that's really cool and it and i i can probably never have that feeling again unfortunately I don't know, I think, and we'll turn to talk about the world record in a bit, because I bet that's something a journalist hasn't asked you about before, but I imagine that would be pretty special. Who knows? You won in 2017, and then I did a, oh, I tried to count, but you race a lot, so it was quite difficult to figure this out. But by my reckoning, you've not lost since, apart from in 2018. Was that the last time you lost a race? Yeah, but... Um... I actually lost all my races in 2018, except from the one in Berlin and the one in London. So Samba was giving me a hard time in 2018. Mm, he was, but then actually, okay, so go on then. What changed in 2018 into 2019? What, where did you make those improvements? I know Samba had his issues with injury, but in you as an athlete, what got better? So I was, first of all, really tired of losing. I don't like it that much. And, mm -hmm. um, and also I just, if you think about it, if you look for the 2017 season into 2018, I actually improved a lot. You know, I, mm. I ran 48-22 in 17 and I ran 47-64 in 18. So it's, it's actually a big PB. It's uh, six tenths of a second. And, and from 2018 
2019, I just kept on improving with almost the same. I think it was seven tenths of a second or whatever. But but for me, I just felt like I'm, you know, I've been taking these steps every time. And, and for mm. Ryan Samba from 2017 from two, to 2018, it was like boom, this big, big, huge step. But um, but for me, you know, it's been small, small or medium, smaller steps, you know, all the way. So if you look at the numbers, I've been I've been working my way very naturally all the way to becoming where I am today um so it was just like I wasn't better in 2018 but I wanted to keep improving and, and I decided that I wanted to improve into the 2019 season you know with I just figured I should yeah as I was saying stop drinking beer <laughs> stop eating that much candy get my nutrition in going get more sleep you know j- just become even more professional and serious in what I do and, and it helped and I just kept on trying to improve myself every year. And, um, you know, it's it's more difficult for each year because the level is very high right now. But mm. I, I feel like it's 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 been a ride, but I, I've kept my focus and, and, and I've taken it step by step. And so is that how you measure improvement in training? Do you always look to get better than you were previously? Or is there mm. a part of you in training that thinks, okay, so this is where Rye Benjamin is a really strong athlete or, oh, I'm really tired, but I'm going to imagine that Samba is chasing me down. Do you run against yourself or do you run against your rivals? I always run against myself and I've been doing that for many, many years because I don't, I don't have anyone to, to run with me in practice. I train with, with girls only actually. And, uh, and, you know, for me, I need to, I need to focus on, on the times. And I think, one of the things that have made me an even better athlete is that I'm not thinking too much of my competitors because I can't control what they're doing. I can't control what what times they're running and, and all those things. So for me, it's been improving myself and do everything I can to become better. And, and mm. it's worked pretty well this far, at least. I think we see that actually in a lot of the way that you run because you're very good in an outside lane, aren't you? I know that lane seven is your favourite, but that stonking run in Stockholm last year when you set your personal best, that was a time trial essentially, wasn't it? Because you were running against other Norwegian athletes and I don't think you saw another athlete the entire time. You were right on the outside and you just went. Does that help maybe that you train by yourself? You're used to just pushing yourself. I think so, yes. Mm, And then... What is funny, I think people think that I'm really, I need to have an, an outer lane to, to feel comfortable. But every time in, in the championships, I never get the outer lane because the seeding is, is not working mm. that way. You know, the best athletes tends to be in the middle. And that is, a, that is very fun by me as well. But in, in, in Stockholm, I actually took lane eight. And that's because it's, it's a windy stadium. It's, it's, it's a lot of wind there. And it, it was a windy day. Um, and I wanted to run fast, but... Uh, what happened is that you know if you run the outer lane you are more protected by by the stadium or whatever mm. so i just wanted to go as, as as long out as i could because it's it's less wind there actually and I, I don't want it to be windy when when i tried to race for a good time what was the one emotion you felt the most when you saw your time having clipped that final hurdle so first of all i thought that i ruined my race after clipping the last hurdle of course but uh at the same time, I was really angry with it. So I just kept on pushing to the finish line. And when I, when I looked at the time, it was like, whoa, that was a really good time. I'm really happy. <laughs> and at the same time, I was like, shit, if I didn't clip the hurdle, what could, what could the time be? So mm. it, was, it was all these mix of emotions. But um, at the end, I was, I was really happy about it. 
it must be lovely to know that had you not clipped that hurdle yes it would have been even quicker and it quite you quite possibly would be speaking to me now as the world record holder <laughs> so do you think that Carson Warholm breaking the world record is a matter of when you do it not if you do it I think that I that I might have the chance but but the thing is that there are some other people that also have the chance and that is what's really exciting about it mm. there are there are other good athletes like that, that can that can threaten the record but at the same time you know it's it's a really good record and you, you never have a guarantee. I'm not sure if I'm going to break it, but but I think that I've, I'm so close that, of course, on a good day, it can happen, but it can happen for other people as well. But I, I, th- I think the world record now is is, is what making our event so cool and, and mysterious because nobody has broken the world record. It's just been a lot of guys coming really, really close. Mm. Um, and, and it's uh, an old pe- world pe- record. It's been around for longer than you've been alive. Yeah, and I think... I think I think maybe <laughs> I think maybe maybe you are better off not breaking it because everybody is just wondering when we're going to break it. And what, what happens when you break it? Yeah, you broke you broke the world record, and and what now? You know, is everybody mm. just going to wait for me to for me or someone to break it again, or is it or are we happy with it? You know, it's I think I think we're getting spoiled. You know, watching Mondo Duplantis jumping world records all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great performance. And um, and I think you know for I talked with him about this thing and and everybody was expecting him to do another record and it's like the guy jumps six ten you know it's yeah. it's an amazing performance yeah it's not a world record but it's better than almost any human has done ever you know and, mm. and I think it's also very important to you know see the quality always and not just see mm. the records um and i think what's even more interesting with with our event you know it's it's the duels you know it's me going head to head with some of the other great great talents out there so you know who is going to win and and then the record will go if it goes as simple as that i would say does that ever frustrate you that now when you step out onto a track you winning isn't big news and you running fast isn't big news either it's kind of really <laughs> i think people almost think that the only way that you'll be satisfied and the only way that we'll be satisfied is if you do break that record. Does that annoy you? It doesn't annoy me, but um, but it, it's something that I that I just need to live with, and I and I take mm. it as a compliment because you know it's it, it just shows what, what level I'm I'm at and what I've achieved. But um, but uh, I think I think also people find it very funny, you know, to watch the journey going on chasing time. So. Right now, I think it's one of the momentums that makes my races very fascinating because mm. people never know what's going to happen. And, and, I, and I think it's funny. So um, I don't feel like I'm disappointing anyone when, when I'm running 46, 87 or something. I think, I think just people are thinking, yeah, he was, he was really close and let's wait for, for next time. Mm. But, um, but yeah, you know, I'm happy as long as I win races and, and, and do good times. So, um, so for me, it's, it's everything I need. But uh, of course... I'm chasing faster times every year. Lots of our lovely listeners were wondering, and I thought this was a great point that they raised, whether you're more motivated by medals or you're more motivated by records. So if I could say to you now, Carsten, 2021, you're going to break the world record or 2021, you're going to win Olympic gold. I think I know which one you'd take, but can you let me know your thought process? What do you want to leave as your legacy? I think I would choose the gold medal in Tokyo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so for me, I've, I've I've taken a lot of records over my career, and and people have taken records from me over the career, but uh, mm. never has anybody taken my medals. And uh, I think just medals 
is a really perfect proof on 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 what you've achieved and then championships is something very special for me so i would i would absolutely absolutely go for the medal but um you know i could have both <laughs> <laughs> i like that, that be definitely a problem. <laughs> yeah don't limit yourself for sure because that way then you get the lego figure wearing the olympic gold medal but it can say on the box carsten vorholm yeah. lego figure world record holder you and me are going to make that lego figure if i do that <laughs> oh, like seriously next time there's a competition in denmark i'm going to go straight to copenhagen which i think is where the lego headquarters are and um yeah. i'll have the pitch i'll sell it to them i think we'll get it done can i have 10 percent of the proceeds of course yeah you can have 15 God, that's generous. You did not need to come out with that. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> I think lots of people in Norway would buy it because we know that a quarter of Norway's population watched you race in Doha in 2019. Probably more people than attended the whole championships, but that's a separate issue. But the quarter <laughs> of Norway watched you run. And I'm just wondering what it's like being such a national celebrity because you and the Inga Brixtons have really put Norwegian athletics on the global map and must be really well known at home. Absolutely. And, and the interest for our sport is, is really huge in Norway now. People love watching, watching athletics. And, you know, Norway, they, they just love sports. Um, and, uh, and sport is like a huge part of our, of our culture. So we love to race in Norway now because people are showing up to watch. And we have our own Diamond League in Norway, which, mm. which I feel like is, is one of the best yeah. Diamond Leagues. Definitely. Have you been there? I haven't. I would love to go. It's very much yeah. towards the top of the list. You should. You should. I'll send you an invite when, when people are allowed to come to Norway. I'm holding you um, to that. But yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, in Norway, it's, it's really special now because, you know, we, we get a lot of offers and everybody, you know, wants to be a part of our journey. So I think that's really cool. And, uh, and how athletics is in Norway now is how I hope that it will be internationally in the future because... Right now, people people love to watch it. I know that you and Usain Bolt have DM'd a few times. And I think I've heard you say that Usain was Usain, he's very special. And there's a place for big personalities in athletics, but there doesn't need to be a next Usain Bolt. What do you think is the key to making the popularity of athletics as global as it is national in Norway? Is it personalities? I'm not sure, you know, as I've said a hundred times before, I don't think anybody can can fill Usain's shoes because that was that was just a different level you know he's he's probably the biggest the sport will ever have and uh, and I respect that so for me it's it's not chasing something like that because I don't feel like that's possible but uh yeah I think I think personalities but I think also you know the concept on on how we compete is really important I think it's important to build the duels you know the the head-to-heads and the in Britain, you you had that when Sebastian Coe was racing and Steve Cram and all those guys. You know, it was it was huge because they was always wondering who is going to win and and all these things. They didn't have any super shoes or the the lights going around doing the times. And mm. you know that is what that is also how people are getting disappointed when when you know there are not records or whatever. But mm. before, I think people was just happy to you know watch the race and uh, and and salute the winner and. Uh, I think going back to that would be would be awesome as well. So I'm not sure how how I would build it, but I think athletics um, is a world sport, of course, and I think it can become even better. So I think we should always achieve to 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 build our sport, and of course you need characters as well. But I think it's it's a good mix. Mm. 
Speaking of characters, I touched upon the Inga Brixtons there. Are you friends? How long have you known them for? If you know them, what's that relationship like? And do you talk about what it's like being these big, big figures within Norwegian sport? Um, so of course we meet. We were on the same national team, so we meet on on all on all those occasions. And um, and uh, I've talked. Yeah, I've spoken a lot to them, but they live in another part of the country, and uh, and I don't see them very often. So and you know they do the fifteen hundred, and and I do the four meter hurdle. So it's two different things, but uh, we we have a good tone, and uh, you know especially right now I love to watch Jacob. You know, just really really crushing it. So. So it's really cool to be a part of that team. And I think also, you know, we motivate each other to, to mm. go even further and becoming even better. And to get more people watching your respective TV shows. We were talking before the recording, <laughs> but obviously, Carsten Og Life is your show, right? Yeah, it's it means coming up. And, and Life, Carsten and Life, yeah. Is it a good watch? Are you pleased with it? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually very happy about it because... Uh, you know, we, we didn't tend to do anything like it, but because of the pandemic and we had some spare time, it um, mm. it, it was a natural thing to do. And um, I think it, it shows more of of how how we work and, and how our philosophy is. And it's mm. and it's more based around, you know, training and all those things. And it's it's not a reality show, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. uh, it's more focused on sports. It was very important for me that that we didn't do anything extra for the cameras. Mm. While, while I'm training you know I wanted it to be as natural as possible because I think a lot of people tend to you know make good tv I was just hoping that you know our daily life could be good enough speaking of sure. Jakob who would win over 800 meters you or Jakob it's a question that uh who was it it was Paul Holland asked and I think it's a great question it is a great question, and uh, right now I would probably favor Jacob because he's the only one of us that, that ever ran the 800 meters. Mm. But uh, but I would love to try it myself, and um, and it would I think it would be a great race. Um, so you know we would meet at the middle <laughs> somewhere mm-hmm. when, when we did that, and uh, you know right now he, he has been running pretty fast at 800, hasn't he? like 145 or 44 or something i'm not sure yeah he's pretty speedy right now he's got some good 1500 pace at the moment so yeah, yeah maybe so, 800 um, too long 700 might get interesting <laughs> but uh, you know i want to try the 800 meter i saw actually in in turin right now in the european indoor championships mm. uh, the guy that won the 800 meter is is a guy that i've raced in the 400 meter hurdles he's a 400 meter hurdles runner so mm. it was really cool for me to watch a 400 meter hurdles runner go ahead and win meter at the championship so um so yeah maybe it's a it's a nice event for me to try in the future could be fun for an off year couldn't it a year without a worlds or an olympics yeah have a go. that's true that's true and then basically paul's great question meant that everyone was commenting with different things but the one that i really liked matt smith was wondering if you and grant holloway raced over 200 <laughs> meter hurdles and if we put them at maybe should we say a mid-height yeah, we'll say it's in between the 400 hurdles height and the 110 hurdles height. Who do you think would win that one? I think Grant would crush me, to be honest. You know, he's he's quicker and he's more flexible. And, um, you know, it wouldn't be any lactic involved. And, uh, mm. you know, I've watched him run the 400, meter, uh, 400 meters and the 110 meter hurdles. And uh, I think he can be really, really, really quick at the 200 meters as well. So um, I, I don't know how he's... How, how he's doing, you know, both legs. But um, I'm pretty mm. sure that uh, he would probably beat me. But um, 
I'm not sure you know I'm I'm a humble guy, so I don't want to say myself. <laughs> You've been very modest with both of these. Actually, you're right. <laughs> I'd forgotten Grant was a seriously good 400 meter runner, wasn't he, at college? So he has got that stamina. Ooh, that would be quite interesting because his start is incredible. I don't know if you saw his world record. A yeah, few it was ago. crazy. It was crazy. But uh, but it, it would be interesting to try. I would I would be down to try it one time. But uh, but I'm I'm holding I'm holding one <laughs> for Grant. Maybe that's the future of the sport. Maybe we should have a couple more of these weird hybrid races pitting the big personalities against one another. That would be fantastic. That would be really fun. It would probably break my chain of, of winning, though. So Ah, yes. We can't <laughs> risk that, whatever we do. <laughs> you run like an absolute masochist. You go so hard and you leave yourself absolutely flawed. So I was wondering quite how disgusting and how dark your training gets. Do you work even harder in training than you do in races? Um, I work very hard in training, yes. But um, I don't do that much of, you know, lactic at, at, at training. You know, we, we, we train so that the system can always go back and train hard the next day. And, and so mm. we, we, never, we never like floor it, as, as you call it. But we, we train very, very hard and very, very specific as well. Uh, but it's... It's very rare that I go out and run like a 400 meter or, or whatever at practice. You know what? We work on, on the different uh, aspects of, of the race and uh, the competitions is when we put it all together. So um, nah, for me, I, I work very hard, but uh, it's, not, it's not a lot of lactic acid in, in my work. Mm. Delilah Mohammed, she runs mile reps. I wonder if you ever run as far as that. I, I run a lot on the treadmill actually. I do a lot of intervals on the treadmill, but 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 not as long as one mile because for me I would like to have more pace on it, of course. Um, mm. So uh, and my my legs would be crushed if I were to run a mile. It's a really long way. Some of the videos that she posts of her training, I feel tired just watching them. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's worked out for her, you know. It's. Uh, she she has the world record and uh, a lot of medals, so um, so maybe I should try it. Do you have as much fun out there racing as it looks like you do? Yes, because... of course. But uh, of course, you know, before a race, I'm nervous and uh, and I want you know I'm I'm very focused. But but uh, I tend to have a good time and uh, I want to enjoy it. You know, it's it's uh, it's something that I really felt you know this year with with not that many competitions that you know I'm. Really comfortable in in the situation, and you know, I just I just like running, and I just like you know, the mental games, and you know, just see who who can really go down to the basement and 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 and, and take the pain. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, I like I like those situations, and uh, and yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's good fun. And it comes naturally to you, does it? All the chest hitting and the shouting and the screaming. It's never put on. It's just what you do. It's who you are. I try to to never put on anything, to be honest. You know, I I do that in practice. You know, it's it's just a way for me to 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 pump up myself. And uh, this means a lot to me. So I'm just I'm just trying to put myself in a situation where I'm where I'm able to leave everything into into the race. And just finally, if I gave you a magic wand and you could make your 2021 season look exactly how you would like it to look, where would we be in, in December? What would you have in your trophy cabinet? What sort of things <laughs> would you have performed? How would you and life have celebrated? What's the dream for 2021? 
the thing about that question is if you ask it to any athlete i think you would have the same answer you know so for me i, I don't i think as benjamin franklin once said you know well well done is better than well said or well spoken or or whatever mm. and and oh, i yeah. think i think also you know everybody's talking about what my dreams are for this year and and i think the the thing is when you go out there to compete i think it's time to stop dreaming and and try to make you know reality out of out of your dreams so i, th I think it would be really tough living with only being happy with with the perfect result you know there's going to be a lot of races in 2021 and for me if i can improve myself that would be the first thing that i would that mm. i would really appreciate but of course all athletes want to win gold medals all athletes wants to be the best and all that but uh that is that is very tough and uh of course if i could just do my magic wand and get it that way that would i would but um i'm going to try and make reality out of out of things and we'll see how how we get it's it's a boring it's a boring answer but uh for me i don't want to you know i don't want to go out there and talk like all these things are mm -hmm. are going to happen um, uh, all i can say is that i'm 100% going to try and make them happen who is gordon gecko He's someone whose quotes I think I've read that you live by. Greed uh, is good because that answer you just gave me was not full of greed. And I thought that that was something that you tried to embody. But, you know, he, he never talks about being greedy that much. You know, he, he just he just is. But uh, for me, that was just something I said once in an interview. And, and it's and it's and it's been brought up to me many times, you know, <laughs> about about, you know, Gordon Gecko and, and all those things. But uh when it comes to competitions and top sports, you know, it's, it's very cynical given, you know, that you want, that you want the medals to be yours. There's no sharing, you know, it's like, Oh, I won last year. So I'm going to give it to you this year. That, that's not the way it works. But I live in a country where, you know, the taxes are higher than any place in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So we are a very social community, but when it comes to sports, I don't think, I don't think you need to think that way. You need to think that, we are we are all by ourselves and uh you know it's the best man will win and i and i can accept both both wins and and defeats but uh i'm never going to give it easy to anybody trying to beat me i think that was a much much better second half to that answer i like yeah. that <laughs> being selfish in pursuit of what it is that you in life have put so much time and effort into yeah I hope that like a perfectly constructed Hogwarts Lego building, your season comes together piece <laughs> by piece, little by little, block by block. And that at the top of maybe not, not a Hogwarts turret, but maybe an Olympic podium will find you in a few months time. It'd be great to see. Oof. Oof. Let's hope you're right. Fingers crossed. Carson, thank show. you so much for joining us on the pod today. It's been a real pleasure. It was very nice talking to you. Good start on my day. And now I'm going to go out there and grab it. <laughs> <laughs>